Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Once again, a very warm welcome to the UK Open Daily day two, our second podcast of the weekend. Obviously, we'll be doing a podcast tomorrow uh, because uh, we'll be reacting to it on the live lounge. Join us from Monday, eight o'clock p.m. GMT on YouTube for that. But uh, two of us that will be on the live lounge are here now: myself, Jonathan. Very well, welcome if you're just listening for the first time. Very well, welcome back if you're not. Uh, Jack Gobby Garwood is alongside me, and uh, stepping into the shoes of Phil Bars because he's got a ton of work to do. The poor bloke is uh, uh, the Jordan North of online darts, Cam McFarlane. Cam, we'll start with you, mate, after you've been uh, watching the day for us, obviously doing the stream to start off with and then the blog today. Um, interesting day. I mean, the, the, there are stories everywhere you look. It's the UK Open, for crying out loud. And there is one big story, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but in short, an interesting, if not manic day. Yeah, we've had a little bit of drama today. Um both on and off the boards with with yes, exactly. with everything that's gone on. Um, hence why I'm once again the supply teacher. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was a bit of a bit of a strange day, a bit of a drama filled day. And what a performance! I think is the one that we've got to go to first of all from Christoph Ratajski. <laughs> Yeah, and um, before we do that, before we talk about Christopher Tarski and Johnny Clayton, God, this is the most depressing night of the year for me, or one of the two most depressing nights of the year for me. I want to hear the bad Queen act like we had last year at Minehead this time last year going out <laughs> after a drink. No. <laughs> Look, there, there are some artists that should just not be touched, and Freddie Mercury is one of them, and as entertaining as, as things can be, I think he's a local to me as well. Someone recognised him. He's like, oi, he works where we work. 
Um, never ever touch Freddie. Look, look, for us on a Saturday night in Minehead, it's probably our favourite, none of our two favourite nights of the year. The other one being the Saturday night, the Players' Championship Finals in my head, but that's another sort of story for another time. We're normally sitting in the in the media area recording the pod, uh, but not this year, unfortunately. So uh, Cam touched on it, Gob, and we'll talk about it now. Christopher Tyski against the man of the moment, Johnny Clayton. I mean, I thought I was going to come on after his performance against Dirk van Dijvenbode today. Uh, Clayton, who produced a sensational 10-3 victory against van Dijvenbode in round five. Christopher Tyski came from behind to beat Marders Rasma on board four in the afternoon. So I was thinking, okay, this should be not necessarily a routine victory for Johnny, but it should be a victory for Johnny. Where the hell did that come from, from the Peagle? That was incredible. <laughs> oh, mate, I'm in love. I'm in absolute love. Look, anybody that's ever listened to us before will know just how highly I rate Christopher Tyski. The man's an absolute machine and an exceptional dart player with a ridiculously high ceiling to his game. Um, I was concerned going into this one that we wouldn't be sat, well, we'd be sat talking about him right now as, as a loser, someone who'd had another okay run, made the top 16 of another major. When's it really going to click? We spoke last year at length about him where he just had these runs last year, or not even runs because he barely got started in events because he had poor days on the doubles or he was losing in, in games perhaps he shouldn't do. In other games, he was getting absolute stinkers of draws and it just wasn't clicking for him on TV. And then he made the last 16, last eight? Last eight, I think it was. Of the World Championships. I'll just double check that. And he hasn't looked back since. And to be honest, he probably didn't deserve to make the last eight of the World Championships. Yes, I don't think he played eight. that well. It was just one of them where he was starting to churn out results. And if he can continue to learn to win ugly, we're more likely to see this because anybody that's ever seen him play on a pro tour knows he's fully capable of this. And to, to do it to the man of the moment, Johnny Clayton, in the fashion that he did it, was exceptional. I mean, this is the thing, Cam, about we'll, we'll talk about this game and then we'll hear from Christoph himself. But the fact is, is that Ratajski just didn't really let Clayton get, get a sniff after about leg one, really. He was unreal, genuinely unreal was was the Peagle. I thought for a second that we were going to see something quite close to the record average for Phil Taylor. Um, although, um, look, are we looking at Richard Ashcroft or Richard Ashdown this time? Too? Hey. <laughs> Didn't say you long to get that one in. Well, yeah, well, you know, I had to at that point. Uh, clearly, you know, uh, <laughs> clearly the drugs don't work at this point, but there we go, we're moving on. Um, look, this is the point that I'll come on to about Ratajski. He was just in sensational form. He just didn't let Clayton get an, a, a sniff at all. And on the checkouts, it was brutal. I mean, the, you look at the first leg, he won it with a 1-2-2. Two, two. And from there, we just didn't look back. After Clayton missed, what was it, five, six? Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that start, that, Clayton should have taken that first leg. And who knows what sort of different game we'd have seen if he did. But he didn't. And he got punished with that 1-2-2, two, two, which was just a fabulous finish. Um on the double seven to take that out. Like he did it and then he did the one two eight as well. And he did them both the sort of the proper way as well. Not not finishing on the ball. They've all finished on the double and he took double sixteen for the one two eight in leg three. Followed it up with an eighty one in the next leg as well to go to four and up. And he just never looked back. It was absolutely brilliant. And 
I was, I mean, if there's two people out of the three on this pod that didn't want to see that today. <laughs> it was me and you. Yes. Um, and <laughs> there's only there's only one of us going to be Hi, happy boys. about it. Um, but <laughs> but you couldn't really begrudge him because he was absolutely brilliant. He certainly was. Let's hear from him now, though, in his press conference. Here is the Peagle himself, Christoph Ratajski. Christoph, congratulations! A stunning performance. You must be over the moon. Of course, I'm over the moon. I I know I I uh, played good. Not even this match, but uh, but all three in this tournament, and I'm happy from that. When the draw was done, and you got Johnny, what were you thinking? Because he's probably one of the best players in the world at the moment. Yeah, I knew I knew that that. that uh, he is probably uh, the best player in this this moment. He's a good disposition. He played with uh, very big averages every matches. Uh, he got uh, many many finals uh, in this season, and I knew I must play my, my best game from the start. I knew I must start very high uh, because if he start good. I can't stop him. For you, for you, you didn't have the best Super Series. So are you pleased that you've come back well here? The Super Series wasn't good, but this is very good. Is that is that good for you? Super Super Series, uh, Super Series. I play really good. I think I play I, I play good. I don't have a good result, uh, but it. It it wasn't on the good level, uh, still on the good level. I played 103, and next match I lose with 92 average. But uh, but uh, in the all, I think I, I I play really good. But sometimes I uh, miss the doubles and 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 uh, and get uh, worse uh, matches, and this is why I lose. But in the all, I think uh, I play good. And with these performances that you've put in, do you believe you can now go on and win one of these big tournaments? I always believe. I always believe. I uh, I always believe that I can uh, win uh, every every tournament when I play in a player championship or on this big tournament. Uh, Sometimes I don't have. Uh, sometimes I don't have a uh, uh, lucky and and lose with, with very good game. Uh, but here I play good, good or maybe very good sometimes, uh, and win to these moments. And I hope it will be still go on. Christoph, congratulations! Thank you very much. Thank you, Christoph. Congratulations. Um, three 100 plus averages so far. Um, how close is this to your best game? Sorry, it was what, what it was. I, I don't three averages above 100 so far uh, this weekend. How close are you to your best game? I understand because this is uh, something uh, you know with, okay. with uh, connecting. Yeah, I think it cut out then for a minute. Could you repeat that, please? Three hundred plus averages, Christoph, so far this weekend. Uh, how close are you to your to your best game? 
three 100 plus averages, how close are you to your best game? How close? Uh, uh, it's it's very good game. 100 plus, it's very good game. The most best games is it was 112. I think I played uh, twice. 112 in the official tournament. Uh, I played 112 with. Uh, uh, with Barnevelt, uh, if I could remember, and one more, but I don't remember which one. And this is but turning out to be a, a special weekend for, for darts in Poland, not just for you, but um, Sebastian Bielecki as well, hitting a nine dart finish. Yeah, it's uh, he's a great player. He's he's very young. He's 17 years old, but in this moment he play regularly in 90 plus average uh, and all, also how, how we all see uh, he finished also nine, nine that but uh, we can say he's a really really big talent and I hope he, he will in the future in the in the PDC. Do you feel like you're inspiring a new generation of players in Poland with your success? Are you inspiring new players in Poland with your success? Mm -hmm. uh, I hope so. Yeah, I know many, many people, many young, uh, young, all, all children even uh, that uh, start play when they uh, see uh, my, my last tournament, my uh, my play in the World Championship. And I hope it will be uh, uh, will be start with with many uh, many good players, young players in Poland. Christoph, thank you very much. Good luck tomorrow. Thank you. Now, Gob, I'm going to come to you off the back of this interview because uh, you talk about sinkers of draws for Christoph Ratajski for many many times. Do you know what, mate? I will happily concede to you that this is a stinker of a draw that he's got in the quarter final because. Michael Van Gerwen is on the charge in this UK Open. That 10-4 victory over Mensor Sudovic was as comfortable as it sounded. And he came through yet another last leg decider to beat Jose de Sousa, who himself beat Michael Smith in a last leg decider in round five. So Van Gerwen there coming through 10-9 in, in a leg that, let's be honest about it, he deserved to win. But Jose, miscounting, problems. Yeah, absolutely criminal. Look, Van Gerwen has, has looked very, very good. Not the all-conquering, dominant Van Gerwen that we used to see, and he's still affording his opponent more opportunities. There's still that belief and that desire in them to have a crack in. But he is winning and he is getting results right now. But Jose de Souza, we say it over and over again, and we've made a couple of jokes about it. But seriously, seriously, lock him in a room, with a bloody checkout chart that you can get for about 50p off Darts Corner with Windmill Brandon and Richard Ashdown, not Ashcroft, hmm. Ashdown on the top <laughs> of it and learn every single bloody checkout and the reasons that you go for them and the setup shots. Just give him random numbers and say, how do you get to this from here? Until he is ingrained in his brain. And all right. The one-two-one is completely personal preference. I get that. 
I don't get why you don't start the 60 there. I'm sorry. I, I don't understand why you don't start on the 60 because you're guaranteeing yourself. Well, 16s, 60s or 17s. Either way, that yeah. second dart by whatever you're doing, by going for the ball, has to be a treble, yeah. which is ridiculous. You, you're just mounting up pressure on that. No matter what you hit first dart, your second dart has to be a treble. You can eradicate that with, with a good first dart going treble 20 or treble 17. Yeah. It, it, but... it just doesn't make sense. All right, part of that might be the um, soft tip background. It does set up. Uh, double 18 pretty nicely and, and all that, right? And if your opponent's not on a finish, fine, do that. The minute yes. your opponent is on a finish, tried and tested, you spend the entire game throwing at treble 20, throw your first start at treble 20, give yourself an option to go treble 17 ball or 11 ball or treble 11, double 14. Stop prattling about on the bullseye first. But more importantly, right, and to be fair, it may not have made a big difference in the grand scheme of things. And this is just the, the one that caps it off in the performance, right? You lose 10-9 in a last leg to decide to your opponent. Your opponent sat on a finish. You're on 2-2-9. You hit single 20, single 20, and you throw for the 20 again. All right, you deflect into the single one. But what on earth are you doing at the top of that board? But remember, at the same time, yeah, and as well, that, that's the thing as well, because Van Gerwen's on the 170 himself, so there's the pressure there, so he's got to go for the ball. Now, in my opinion, I think Van Gerwen, I don't know if Van Gerwen wondered about going for the ball at that stage, but then he does the same thing again on two, on, uh, on two, no, actually, no, excuse me, I, I apologise, because he was on 229, and then he would have been on 170 with Van Gerwen on 35, please excuse exactly. me when I say that, but... Even so, though, at least you're in that position where you are putting some sort of pressure on it. I mean, it's not much, but it's some sort of pressure on to finish it. Well, you're on a finish, so it's not even the pressure that that creates, right? It's just if your opponent misses, you're in position. You there's a, there's a, a very, very slim chance that 170 goes, right? But you are giving yourself that chance, which means that the, it doesn't matter what your opponent hits, to be fair. If they go and hit it, fair play. They, they've gone and hit a double. They've done their job. But if they miss, you give yourself a chance. And then, all right, if you're not on a finish, that 35 is under absolutely no pressure whatsoever. If you're on a 170, you're 99% confident that you're coming back at least or in, in that moment. So the, the margins are very slim in that regard, but give yourself a chance. Well, that's it. It wouldn't be the first time we've seen someone miss doubles trying to win the match. Like we we see it all the time. You saw it in the D'Souza Smith game earlier, where Smith completely threw it away in that last leg and threw darts away. Didn't leave himself a finish, and Jose missed a few darts, and he would have got an opportunity, and he didn't because he hadn't left himself a finish. Well, this we is saw it from. Oh, I, I, I apologise for jumping in there, but I want to talk about MBG more than anything because we've got, we've got to keep moving on. We've got to, we've got still got three quarterfinals to preview in a second. One word or one thought, Cam, do we think these are the darts for MBG? Because for me, I think they are. I think he's I think he's starting to get very much more comfortable with them. And to go and win a tournament that he got a tournament darts with on Thursday, that would be some statement. Yes, it would. It absolutely would. Um, he's looking very comfortable with them, very confident with them. And I don't know if this is just me I think he looks like he's playing a lot better than he's averaging when I watch him I feel like he's playing really well and he's not lighting it up with the averages like we've seen him do in the past and 
we've probably seen him throw higher averages and not look like he's playing as well. And I think it's just down to the finishing. Like he's missed twenty-one darts at double and still averaged basically a hundred. <laughs> so if he can tidy that bit up, he's gonna. I mean, if he tidies that bit up, I don't see anyone beating him for the rest of the, the rest of tomorrow. But yeah, he's. The darts look good. He looks comfortable with them. He looks happy with them. I think he could probably throw anything, to be honest, and he'd make them look good. But, yeah, he's he's looking in a good place. He certainly is. We will get your thoughts overall in just a second on the, on the quarterfinal lineup in just a bit. Let's move it on very, very quickly and talk about... I'm going to talk about the world champion and the world number one, Gerwin Price, next, if I may, Gob. Uh, because he come through, uh, not necessarily a battle against Ricky Evans, but it wasn't necessarily his best performance. That's probably the best performance, though, in round six I've seen against Chris Dobie uh, for a little while, I think, from Price. Uh, coming through 10-5, Chris Dobie beating John Brown, the youngster 10-1 beforehand. Chris Dobie almost missing a nine-darter as well. Well, he almost hit a nine-darter. He missed double 12 for the nine. It would have been quite poetic because in the sixth round last year, he uh, had a nine dart hit against him by Johnny Clayton, so he would have hit one against a Welshman in that one, but not to be the case. But, God, looks like Price is slowly starting to make noises in this competition. Um, yes and no. Um, do you know what? I've been critical of Price in the past. World champion, world number one, exceptional. I still don't think he's been tested here. And when he has been tested since he's picked up that world champion mantle, world number one, he hasn't really delivered. Didn't really deliver at the Masters Super Series. All right, played two days and was ill. So Don't we're still not on. sure about that. Sorry, but Dobie threw a 101.3 average tonight and he threw seven 180s. His doubles were a mess. His doubles were a mess. I'll give you that. Exactly. So there's, there's but... no test. If he's missing doubles, he's allowing Price back to the board. Gerwin Price has not, since he's become world number one, played somebody in the top eight that's consistently put him under pressure. To be fair, for a lot of that match... Dobie was averaging 105 plus and had only had two shots at a double. Like, it was only at the end that Dobie got shots at a double that he missed. Um, before that point, he didn't even have an opportunity to have a go at him and he was averaging 105. Exactly. So it wasn't like, you know, I, I, I'm with you. I think there, Cam, that I think Gerwin Price has been tested somewhat. Um, but. Look, you know, Price going through the world number one, still in the draw, looking to try and win it for the first time. And he plays, Cam, we'll stay with you on this one, Devin Peterson, who has flown under the radar in, in, in a long, more ways than one in this uh, tournament. Came through 10-5 against Scott Waits in round five. And then he goes and beats Peter Jakes 10-4. Now, Jakes was 4-2 up at that stage before Peterson reeled off eight straight legs. African warrior, court final of the UK Open. Big, big moments for Dev at this point as he moves up to 30 in the world minimum. It is. It is big moments for him. Um, it wasn't a great performance as much as he won the last eight legs and wrapped it up. He was very poor for the first six and he did up it a bit at that point. Got his average up to nearly 92 in the end. He was averaging 82 for a, a lot of the early stage. He's going to have to do a lot more than that in the next round. But we also know that, that Devon can do it. Like we, He can easily fire in a well over 100 average and 
His finishing wasn't bad, to be fair. 40, nearly 43.5% on the doubles. Um, so if he can just up that scoring a little bit, he he could give him trouble, but he's going to have to up it quite a lot because, as we've said, it's, it's another ton-plus average from, from the world champ without even looking particularly that good. We'll talk about that game again. So we'll talk about the quarterfinals in just a second. Uh, God, we'll come back to you on this one uh, and we'll talk about Dave Chisnell against Alan Suter. First game up on the main stage. Alan Suter was 8-6 up. Would have been his first quarterfinal in his debut TV event um, in the PDC. Not bad going, but it looked like to me in the end that he just ran out of steam a little bit. Chizzy was very, very good. There's no doubt about that towards the end. You know, uh, a 14... 11, 14, and then 11. But as you talked about earlier, I don't think there was any pressure really from Suter. He just, he just lost his range a little bit after he went 8-6 up. Yeah, completely that. The, from 8-6 up, Suter just just dropped off a cliff. I'd love to see the average comparison in those last four legs to what he played for the rest of the match. And this isn't us disrespecting Suter. He has no. been an absolute revelation since he's joined the ranks of the PDC. We thought he was very, very good at Q school. The highest compliment we could pay him when he was there was he, he very much looked like a tour card player. Uh, he then went and did absolute bits um, at Super Series, earning enough money to earn a buy into round two, where he drew Barney, was was clinical then. And he's been very, very good. He just completely ran out of steam at the wrong moment against the Dave Chisnell that had kicked on a gear. I mean, yeah, I mean, Suter obviously beat uh, Camp 10-7 earlier on today, but... I mean, look, I, I'm still concerned about that action, God. That that action for Chizzy is really, really struggling. I was watching that. I, I, you know, I, I'm not as an analytics as you guys are, yourself and PB and, and, and Phil. But that, to me, that action still does not look right. The thing is, the relationship that Chizzy has with Wayne Mardle, it, it would very much surprise me if he is not one of the players that looks to Wayne for coaching or is under Wayne's tutelage. There were times last year when Wayne mentioned that there were seven or eight of the ones who ate on tour that had been to him for advice in some way, shape or form. And how on earth that flick has not been coached out of him to a fully extended arm action by now is completely beyond me. It just breaks down more often than a brand new Alfa Romeo. And if you're a petrol head, you'll, you'll get that reference. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Very just, that. It, uh, I just don't get it. And Dave Chisnell is one of the nicest guys in darts. He's going, if you watch his interview with, with Phil and, and the things he talks about in that, he's been through an absolute hell of the last few couple of months and is one of the players that doesn't have a PDC televised major that probably should well, right not 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 yeah, deserves on. one but probably should because deserves one is a completely different matter we'll get into that on a different day but probably should have one by now it's been unfortunate in the players that he's ran into in finals in terms of ability and longevity at the top of what he's done in the pdc he probably should have won a tv major by now hasn't got there and would be completely deserving of one but i just don't see that throw holding up under any sort of serious scrutiny or pressure. And I say it every time about him. Yeah, you, you do. But you, you mentioned that interview with PB. Let's talk about that now. And uh, let's, uh, sort, uh, let's hit a plate because it is a really, really 
emotional interview for, for Chizzy, actually. Here it is. Dave, many congratulations. As far as UK Open goes, that's a tough day. Danny Nopper and then Alan Suter, but you've come through them both. Must be over the moon. Yeah, well over the moon. Um, Danny Nopper, it was, I think it was only I took two good big checkouts against him to go 8-6 up. That's what won the game, to be fair, because it was all nip and suck all the way through. And um, two good, he was on top twice and I took two good finishes. That's what got me through that game. And then the game against Alan, you were behind 3-0, but could have won those legs, behind 8-6 to reel off four in a row. Were you frustrated with yourself that you were missing those opportunities? To be fair, I, I didn't think I played that well up there tonight. I was just... I think I was a bit tired. And you can see I was like trying trying to throw my ad, but it's going low all the time. That's that side that for me that. And um, I just thought I just just battle and battle and if I get a chance, take it. And I did, and I did last four legs. So yeah, I was happy. And when he went off 20, 28, was it? I thought just capitalise on that. And I banned him one, two, three, and then he went 40 odd, and I went one, four, and I thought, yeah, I've got him here. What's it like trying to adapt to different boards, obviously? Because playing out on one of those outer boards is a lot different to that main stage, even without the fans. Is, is that a tough adjustment to make in a day? Well, yeah, I, I, I found it difficult playing on the, on the outside boards. Um, uh, the boards, the boards, from stage boards to the outside board, it was like the board was softer. So when I'm throwing on the outside boards, I mean, the full, the point of my doubt was going all the way in. So, but on the in, on the stage board it wasn't. And I, you think about that when you're playing games. When when you when you when you're behind a little bit, you think of the you think of the things what's gone on through the day. But for me today, I was tonight tonight I was so tired. I was, I was drained. Speaking of being drained, then are you pleased that you've got your games out of the way so you can get back and rest up for potentially a very long day tomorrow? Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with that. To be fair, when I come off before and I, and I knew John, um, so I thought we might have been roughly the third game on or something like that, but we were the first. And um, didn't have much much time to rest really because get back to the, the room and have a little bite to eat and then you're back out, you're back playing darts again. But if you want to win this tournament, you've got to get used to that. Dave, congratulations, mate, and a pleasure as always. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. Dave, well done on the win tonight. Do you feel it just came down to a bit of stage experience at the end? Obviously, you've been in that position many times. Alan's pretty new to it. Um, I, don't, I don't really know. Alan's a great dad player. Um, maybe because if we played on like ball two or something, he probably won't have gone off in that last leg like that. Because it was these darts as well, but... He played well all the way through the game. You can't knock his game. But luckily for me, I just sneaked in front and he had a bad leg. That was it. Your first UK Open quarterfinal since 2012. You must feel you're a little bit uh, overdue in this event. Yeah, I said to me other interview before, it's like, I never get the great draws here. I've had, I've had Anderson, I've had uh, Peter Wright a few times now. So it's... it's when I when I play the lesser players, I'm not. I get beat as well. Like when I play the, the top players, like the, the top four, like I've done for the last couple of years, I get I lost. 
when I get a nice draw, I just I don't take it why I could because I end up losing that game as well. Miss doubles, miss everything, but this week I've I put it I put it quite nice. I've I've been quite strong on my doubles. We know it's been an emotional time for you and your family the last month or so. I mean, what would it mean tomorrow if you were to go all the way? Oh, I mean, everything. Um, it'll definitely make me more proud. Put it one way. So this this is tournament. I'm, I'm doing it for her, her more than anything because she always wants me to win a big one. But she's never never going to see that. But it's still there. She's still looking down at me, saying, "Come on, win this, win this." So yeah, yeah, that's all I can say. Dave, thanks very much and all the best for tomorrow. Cheers, mate. Um, I'm very rarely speechless after interviews. I'm very rarely get emotional about listening to interviews um, because, you know, it's a job and we, we do the job and it, we have to try and block all that stuff out. But, yeah, that's um, that's quite emotional. Uh, don't get me wrong about that. Um, fair play to Chiz for coming back from that. And he's into a quarter final. I think, for the first time, if I remember saying on the... Uh, on the ITV coverage uh, for about nine years, which is bonkers, but he plays Cam. And I wanted to save this for you. A man you tipped at the start off of the weekend, Luke Humphreys, who beat uh, Ryan Searle to start with on board three on the afternoon in, in round five. He then takes on Martin Clearmacher, who comes through Callan Rids on board, th- on board three in round five. Then... He goes and beats Martin Clearmacher 10-4 to make his first leg play quarterfinal. But obviously, he's made a couple of quarterfinals at the Worlds. He's made a quarterfinal run at the Worlds. So, uh, you know, a big moment for Luke Humphreys, the World Youth Champion of a couple of years ago. Would have been doing bits in Minehead. Obviously, we're not there, but he's doing bits in Milton Keynes. He is. We know he likes the big stage. We know he's done it on the big stage in the past, like you said, quarterfinals at the Worlds. And... I just felt like it could be a really good tournament for him. And I, I may have had 20p on him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we know you had more than 20p on him. You had 50p on him. Yeah, oh, yeah, I did go the full 50 on him. Uh, yeah, so the full 50p on him. Um, and watching the draw, there were a couple of players I wanted him to draw. And Dave Chisnell was one of them. Um I think it's a really good shout and I'll be quite happy if he gets through this one. That's the each money, each way money done anyway. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the guy's playing really well. He's, um, he, he was really, really good against Cleomac. I mean, they flew through that game. I was on the blog trying to keep up with that um, and the first game on the main stage at the same time. And I was struggling to get every leg in there because they flew through it and were done in no time. Um, yeah, impressive performance, only a 93.5 average, but he very comfortably did everything that he needed to do and wrapped the game up early. Certainly did. Luke Humphreys is in then, and we move on to a uh, another quarter-final. The final quarter-final to uh, talk you through and talk about was Simon Whitlock against James Wade. We will leave Wadey for Gob, because I, th- I think it's only fair. Um, so, Cam, talk about Whitlock's day when we say this. Uh, Whitlock coming through 10-9 against Brendan Dolan. Dolan um, himself uh, was through on, I think it was board three against Luke Woodhouse. Yes, it was. 10-6 at the start on, on the uh, 
on in the afternoon. And, uh, you know, Simon Whitlock, once again, coming through a last leg decider against Darius Labanowskis. Two last leg deciders for Whitlock against uh, in, in the day. The Wizard... Is uh, he's doing bits, doing bits early on in the, uh, in the in the tournament now, and now he's doing bits in the latter stages once again. Son Whitlock is really wanted to get back into that top sixteen. <laughs> he is. We all know I love the wizard. He's yeah, he's one of my favourites. That's why you've that's why you've sent him in my direction here. Yeah. Um, we saw basically <laughs> as much as. You're probably going to get this in a moment from Gob when we talk about James Wade and that James Wade did what James Wade does. Simon Whitlock did what Simon Whitlock does. He missed a lot of doubles early on. He put himself in a bit of trouble. But he fired 21 180s on the day <laughs> over the two games. Uh, 11 against Lavanowskis, 10 against Dolan, and came through two last leg deciders. Just that fighting spirit where you just, when it gets into a scrap, you just fancy him to come through it. Um, and to be fair, the numbers were pretty good. I was to say he only averaged, he only had twenty eight percent on his doubles. He was at just under ninety nine average against Dolan. So if he can just clean up that finishing, which we've seen him do on occasions, where he, he's fantastic at the finish. Um, he clean that up. That average goes up six, seven, eight points, and he puts the fear of God into anyone that he plays. He does, but a man who puts fear of God into anybody he plays, just to just because of his pure consistency, copies James Wade. 10-5 victory over Gabriel Clements. Um, he also came through against Rob Cross. Did Wade seven ten ten seven on the main stage. Uh, Gabe Clements coming through ten seven against Daryl Gurney uh, in round five. This is a big performance here from Wade because you thought, and I don't know why, because I, I didn't think it was going to be in as much trouble as you thought it was going to be, but you thought it was going to be a bit of trouble tonight. Yeah, I expected it. Look, Clemens looked very, very good at the Super Series. I've, I've said this stat a number of times over the last couple of days. He had 15 ton pluses over those four days in checkouts. He was up there in terms of the most 180s hit over that four-day period as well. We didn't really see him in the last stage of the event. So, he, he, and Clemens, be a rejuvenated Adam Hutton, comfortably 10-4, mm. and then took out a dangerous Daryl Gurney 10-7. I, I thought James was going to be up against it. And actually, after the first six or seven legs, I still thought that it was only leg number eight where Clemens has an absolute howler. Wadey is on 81, tries to go treble 19, double 12, hits a treble three, and then has the audacity to go to uh, double, six, double 18, double 18. Misses both on the outside. And Clemens drops one on stage when he misses three at double eight and Wadey Pink comes back and pings 72, as he does, finishing on top. So I thought, actually, here we go. He's got it, the bit between his teeth now to turn it around. I mean, Wadey's finishing was sensational. 76%, 10 from 13 on the doubles. And, and one of them was missed in the final leg. It didn't cost him the leg or anything. It was outside and then he fired in his double 10 for the match, as he does. Um probably hitting more 180s than I've seen from him over the last couple of years. I think we, we've seen that steady increase in his performance at the minute. Um, I'm quite happy as a James Wade fan right now, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't wish to say this because I also have a cheeky 20p or 50p uh, on uh, on Wadey. And I'm not just saying this now to try to get my hopes up as well as yours. But do you think that events like this sort of 
lend themselves to him because he's that steady. We know what he's going to do. He'll average in the region of about 95 to 100, normally 50 to 60% of the doubles. If, you, if he gets the ball, then you've got to try and find a way to break him. And you normally have to do that within 15 darts or within 12, really, because he's normally around 15, 16 sort of region, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And look, the one concern I have with James Wade over a tournament that's played over this distance and over this length, where you have breaks, is that if James is playing badly, he is not somebody that we see very often go off stage and is able to reset and up that performance. What you see from James Wade in the first three legs is what you get from James Wade throughout the entire performance. There is no changing of, of pace of how he plays. He doesn't suddenly step it up and put 10 points on his average. He doesn't suddenly drop off and lose 10 points off his average unless he starts like 11 dart leg, 14 dart leg or something ridiculous. There is just a consistency from the very first dart when he steps on stage. So that sets the barometer. And you, As Wade fans, you just have to hope that that first leg is there for him throughout tomorrow. Well, let's talk about that then. And the quarterfinal draw, as we've said, looks like this. Simon Whitlock against James Wade. Gerwin Price against Devin Peterson. Dave Chisnell against Luke Humphreys. And Christoph Ratajski against Michael Van Gerwin. What a test that is for the Peagle. After coming through the most informed player on Planet Darts, it's now a chance for Ratajski to uh, go and test himself against the three-time champion of the world, the new world number two. I, I, I still feels weird saying that. But let's go through those games very, very quickly uh, before we uh, head off here on the show. Uh, let's start with Simon Whitlock against James Wade. This is a game that both of you uh, have vested interest in as probably both of your favourite players. Gob, I know where you, well, you know where I'm going with this because I'm going to back the man that I backed to reach the final. By the way, both of my finalists are still in the uh, are still in the, the draw. Just gonna, just gonna me, 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 me. Yeah, yeah, you know, look at a, a me, look at me. No matter to say, uh, you know, you throw enough shit to the wall, sometimes it sticks. Um, let's um, let's talk about this game then between Whitlock and Wade. This game could be very interesting, I think. This isn't going to be one for the purist. Sorry, it's not going to be one for the casual viewer. Excuse me. It's going to be one for the purist. I don't think it's going to be, in terms of the scoring, it's not going to be too heavy. I think it's going to be an interesting one on the doubles. Who takes it, Gob? Did you just say scoring's not going to be too heavy? From Whitlock, who's in twenty-one one eighties today, Wade is hitting more eighties in his life than I've ever I, I, seen. I don't. I don't think it will. I don't think it will. We'll, we'll agree to disagree on that one. I think yeah. we'll see another barrage of one eighties from Whitlock. Um, it's just whether he does it at the right time. Do the right things at the right moments. We know what certain Dutchman who says to that. James Wade to win, averaging six points less than Simon Whitlock. I agree with you. I'm going with Wadey, obviously, to win this game. I think Wadey wins this, not comfortably, but I think it's going to be a comfortable-looking scoreline. I think it's going to be something like a 10-7. I can get behind a 10-7. Yeah, I'm going to... I can get behind a 10 anything. If it's Wadey until it's the point. You'll take take anything from 10 or to (laughs) 10-9. 10-9, a last leg decider. I'll have that. Yep, thank you. You would take it's a going ten, straight in my basket. You would take a ten nine with a forty three dart final leg where he gets over the line on double one. <laughs> I would, Not but I'd have turned it over after seventeen darts because I am watching that and just wait for the result to pop up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am gonna agree with you too. 
as much as well, I don't want Simon to. Simon Whitlock's winning 10 2, then, isn't he? As much as I yeah. don't want to, I just think he has too many moments still, Whitlock, where that electric scoring and where he looks fantastic just falls off and he loses legs. And if there's one man you can't do that against, that is the machine. So yeah, I'm going I think I think it'll be ten eight. I think Whitlock will be competitive, he'll be in it, but when it comes down to it, he'll get beat. Well I'll tell you what, you can have first pick of the next quarter final the Gerwin Price against Devin Peterson Cam. Where's your fifty P going on in, in this game? Um it's going on the the unsexy pick again, really, and I'm going with with the player you'd expect to win it. I again would love to see Devon Peterson win it, but Gerwin Price just keeps impressing me every single time I watch him. He's not anywhere near his best, but even that is the hundred and two, hundred and three average every time when he's not at his best. So I think it'll be too much for Devon over the over the nineteen legs. It's it's a long time to sustain it, and we've not seen that really from Devon. Gob, are we making it a clean sweep? Because I'm the same. I'm going with uh, Gerwin Price. Um, yeah, I think so. Look, I don't think he's been tested massively so far. And Devon does have that level of performance in him that would test Gerwin Price, but I just don't think we see it tomorrow. Um, he needs a big step up from what we've seen from him today. Um, and I just think it's a step too far this weekend. 95, 94 and a 91 average from him so far. I think wrong. He's beat some fantastic players. Jeffrey does one. Scott Waits in particular to win that one, 10-5. Uh, and Peter Jakes today from 4-2 down to an 8 in a row is, is not to be shrugged at, but he needs to put 10 points on that average if he's going to have a chance and I just don't see that happening overnight. Right, moving on. Chisnell against Humphreys. This is probably the more open of the games in my opinion at this moment in time. Um, I'm going to throw it to you, Gob, first. Where do you see this third quarter final going? Luke Humphreys is absolutely fantastic on TV. How on earth he can differentiate between that and losing before board finals at the Pro Tour as often as he does is absolutely beyond me. He's, he's got bags of talent, world youth champion, first player to ever win as a contender or challenger in the Premier League. The only one. The, the only, only one. one back-to-back world championship quarter-finalists in front of the cameras on a stage. He absolutely loves it. But that being said, I'm back in Chizzy tomorrow morning. I think I think the Chizzy, the pressure will come on Chizzy once he's in that final session tomorrow night. I think afternoon, lunchtime tomorrow, Dave Chisnell gets the job done. Cam, are you feeling lucky, punk? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> Fair. Um, Fair. Um, I, I wouldn't say I'm massively confident. And I don't ever like to pick against Dave Chisnell. He's another guy that I really like. Um, as we all say, he's one of the nicest men in darts. And he's... But that throw does go off at times. I'm not in the same camp as Gob on that in the fact of trading it out of him. Because I think... If you try and make it something that's not natural to him, he probably loses the electric scoring power that we see from him a lot of the time. 
I think it, it, it is a very natural throw that he kind of just you just got to accept that sometimes it's not going to work because I don't think it'll work if you try and coach out of him. Um, and I just think Luke Humphreys, he's like the, the anti-Ian Y, isn't he? Like he's, You turn the cameras on and he comes to life, <laughs> whereas it goes the other way for, for Ian White. But And I think Humphreys is going to get it done and I think he'll get it done relatively comfortably. I'm going 10-7. Yeah, do you know what? I'm, I'm I'm feeling the same as you, mate. I think Humphreys does do him in, in the end. I think it's going to be a 10-8 or a 10-9 victory for Luke Humphreys. Last take decider for him to make his maiden PDC TV semi-final. By the way, I'll share a secret with you now, listeners. I completely forgot the fact that he made a World Championship quarter-final. So I was thinking to me, I'm thinking, this is, I'm sure it's the first time he's ever done it, isn't it? Yeah, no. And the boys had to correct me. So there you go. There's, there's, a, there's a box from me there. But this would definitely be his maiden PDC TV semi-final. I can't believe now. you've re-recorded that bit and then and then told everyone. Look, we've got look, you know what? We're not perfect in the day. It's been a long weekend, listener. It's been a very long weekend, I'll be brutally honest. Uh right, so uh moving on then, the fourth quarter final. And this one gives me the most jitters because I actually picked MBG, not really a, not really a, a, a dark horse pick, I know, to go and win the UK Open. But with the way that Ratajski was playing in that game cam. I'm a little bit nervous for the Green Machine tomorrow if that Ratajski turns up in the in, in the quarterfinal. Yes, maybe. Um, I think we've seen it too many times from Ratajski that, uh, yes, okay, he's, he's done it today against probably the foreign player in, in World Darts, but there's too many times where he doesn't do it when it comes to it at big stages in tournaments. And I don't think he pulls that level out again tomorrow against against MVG. And if he doesn't pull that level out, he gets beat and he gets beat comfortably. Rob? Yeah, I agree. Look, I'm 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 borderline as much of a Ratarski fan as I am a James Wade fan these days. Um I think he's absolutely sensational. Um but there's that air of inevitability about Van Gerwen right now. It's been a while. No, did he defend players' champs yeah, two he won years ago? Champ. So yeah, well, he he won he won a couple, didn't he? He won yeah. he won the players' championships in 2020 and 2019. Yes. Okay, so that was the last event he defended, which is which is a long time for him, and that's the only one for a long time. Um, This time last year, Van Gerwen won this event with a new set of darts that everybody decided, yeah, everything was fine. He's going to blitz through the field. The change won't affect him and he can get on with it. I fear the same happening this weekend. He, he's going to get through it at the end of the day. That I'm putting my neck on the line now. He's, he's going to lift the trophy come cup collection day at 10 o'clock tomorrow night or whatever time it will be. And then the problems will start when he starts. I didn't get a chance to say earlier, but I'm not 100% sold on them yet. But I think he gets past Ritarski tomorrow. So you're going, you're saying that I'm right in that Michael Van Gerwen will win the UK Open then. Is that what you're saying? That I was right last week that he will win it? Some things you just got to accept, mate, yeah. Like you <laughs> accepting that Barney's comeback is for the good of the sport. 
We'll debate that on the live lounge on Monday. Uh, Cam. <laughs> Again? Uh, yes. Uh, Cam, uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm breaking breaking news, by the way. Uh, Roman Barnabas retired because he lost a game on TV. Um, moving on. Cam, <laughs> who do you... Because I, I, I'm still going for Michael, but I still think it will be a Michael versus Wadey final. I'm still saying that. I'm still saying it's going to happen. Who do you think is going to lift the cup tomorrow? Don't say Luke Humphreys. No, I'm not saying Luke <laughs> I can't. I can't bring myself. I don't, I don't know with you. I would love nothing more than Luke Humphreys to lift the title tomorrow. Do I think he does? No. Did I back him at 110 to 1 thinking he was yes. going to win it? No. I backed him at 110 to 1 thinking there's some serious place money on offer here. Um, yeah, I don't... Oh. Who do I pick? Who, who, who do I pick? I, I, yeah, that's going to be boring. And and this is three times tonight, maybe four times, we've all agreed. MBG's going to win it. That's never a good sign. And, and Lee Boyce has picked MBG. Well, I know, that's why I don't want to pick him, because surely it can't happen. Surely Lee Boyce cannot get one right. Well, yeah, as I said at the start of the show, you know, in terms of predictions, uh, if you throw enough shit to the wall, sometimes it sticks. Um, but, but I'm changing my are. mind. I'm changing my mind. I'm doing it. Go on. James Wade wins. Oh, <laughs> gosh. If James Wade won this tournament, I, I don't think I, I don't think I'm, I'm ready for what would happen if Gob. I think Gob would spontaneously combust if that was the case. I know, there is only, I know, I know, but I think only he wins. one way that James Wade wins this tournament. MVG we knocked out. Peterson and Ratajski win tomorrow morning. I, I don't know. I, I... Because he has to play. If he doesn't, if MV, if Peterson and Ratajski don't win tomorrow, chances are he has to play one of them or both of them to get there. Well, he'd have to play one of them, wouldn't he? Not necessarily. Because if, if one loses tomorrow, then they could get away with it. They could lose in every semi-final. But, okay, at yeah. least one I... of... I think Price he beats Michael Van Gogh if he plays him. Be a not over distance. Be a not over distance. If that was in the fourth, if that was in the second round of the players' championship finals, you may have a case. But need I remind you the last time that these two played each other at the UK Open? This is the fifth round last year. MBG uh, absolutely spanked him with a 108 average. But he's missing a hell of a lot of doubles, and there's one person you can't miss a hell of a lot of doubles against. But yeah, and the one the one criticism of James Wade is that he stays he at a very, score. very consistent level from the minute he steps on the stage. But he is the scoring better know, than we've seen, as you've said player, today. Yeah, he is. But the player we know that has the ability to change gears more often than anybody else, whether that be down and drop a level off his performance, but step it straight back up when he needs it, is Van Gerwen. He is, yeah. I'm not arguing that, and that's why and, I was and that picking is, him. That but... is just a matchup that just does not suit James Wade at all. I would absolutely love for him to lift the UK Open, and with it, two fingers in the other hand, saying, oh, I should have been in the Premier League, because he bloody well should have been. Yeah, he <laughs> he should. He'd be there, he'd be there in 2022, unlike, unlike a few other people that have stated that clearly this weekend and then not backed it up straight away, but this one definitely should have been. <laughs> Oh, hang on. Shots well, fired. Hello. Shots hello. fired at well, um, a yeah. certain, certain player there. Yes, absolutely. And on that bombshell, uh, uh, I think it's time that we end <laughs> very, very quickly. Uh, Cam McFarlane, 
And uh, Jack Gobagawa, thank you as always, uh, everybody, for your uh, for your input throughout the weekend. We really do appreciate it. Well, that is it for the UK Open Daily. Uh, who will lift the trophy tomorrow? It will be Michael Van Gerwen. We're trying to make it uh, interesting, but it will be Michael Van Gerwen. Uh, we'll be discussing uh, the finals day on the live rounds to, on Monday. Uh, tomorrow, as you're probably listening to this, 8 o'clock GMT. Join us for all the reaction to what happens in Milton Keynes. Uh, we've also got the live blog for you uh, as well from 12.45 in the afternoon. Uh, so if you're out and about, you can take us with you and we will give you all of the uh, answers that you need. But for now, thanks very much indeed for your company. Uh, enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy the final day at the UK Open. We are down to eight. Who will it be that lifts the UK Open from us all? Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.